I gotta make sure. I gotta make sure I crop that out. <laughs> oh yeah. Are we filming now? Oh yeah, we've been recording. Oh wow. Here oh. we go. Yeah, let's not do that. Cover that. Dang it. <laughs> oh, I need this. Yes, sir. And we're back. What's up, everybody? To another episode of Pep Talk. You got myself, Big Pep, and you have the most incredible host, guest, partner in crime, everything in the world, Mr. Juan Fidel Ramirez. Oh, wow. Almost full government. Bro, the energy is real. Um, you missed last week's podcast because yeah. um, you felt like going on a cruise. Yeah, I just felt like getting out for once. Yeah. Um, Stepping out of my room. That's a, that's big facts. For, it's the, scary. for the people who don't know, you're usually in your room about 23 hours of the day. Yeah, maybe 24. Maybe 24. Yeah. Well, you do piss your shit in there. Yeah, 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 sometimes. Yeah, and then I feed you food underneath the, yeah. the door. <laughs> you slide another. It's a super small space, so it just like squishes under, and yeah. I don't really get any of it. It kind of stays on the outside, but I just scoop up from the plate. Exactly. Um, I think that this is um, gosh, well, this is only our I want to say our third, uh female on the podcast yeah we had uh, yeah we had the law enforcement we had law enforcement mm -hmm. we had an og hooper courtney young and then now we have oh but we also had your, your cousin and we had eliana, eliana of course um hey women yeah. are making are making moves up in here always always um so i had to make like my own spark notes for this because this individual has so many accolades. It's incredible. Um, let's start from high school. High school ranked top 100 by ESPN. Nominated for McDonald's All-American um, All Game as a senior. Led Buena, my alma mater, to the CIF Southern Sectional Division 2A. Uh, averaged 21 points in high school. Named Star Girl Basketball Player of the Year 2011. This is when like you want like the bomb drop. Like the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, got a full ride to Gonzaga University, made it to the Elite Eight. <laughs> um, also got a bachelor's degree in sports management, double minor in public relations communications. Uh, she Jeez, also please. played pro, played pro overseas, played pro in, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Panathani, <laughs> played in Athens, Greece. Uh, then ended up playing in Switzerland, Egypt, and now coaching she has her own uh, program ka academy she just recently um not only is the not only is the head coach of, of the oaks christians girls program but just won marimont league title as first year head coach and coach of the year also she was able to coach the 2023 ventura county all-star game not to mention she made a debut in 2021 for facebook in a commercial with Miss Sue Bird. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are from Ventura County, you know this name. And if you don't get familiar with it, everybody, Kiani Albanese. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. That was a Michael Bay movie with all those bombs. It was, was man. crazy. Boom, boom, boom. Like Transformers in here. Dude. Um, how does that... Uh, intro sound do you ever get tired of it do you ever look back and think like holy shit like this is what I've only done and you're only what maybe in your early you're in your early 30s 29 29, 29. my hey excuse Not me shit. <laughs> yeah I can't I can't be can't be saying that um yeah so yeah 
it goes by fast. I look back and I'm, I forget about all the things that I've done. Uh, it's just been a long journey, a lot of sacrifices, but yeah, it's been a lot. Um, you and I have an interesting relationship because when I was getting ready to go to Kansas, um, when I was 19, I got a scholarship, a little NAIA BS. Respect. Yeah, Respect. scholarship. Respect. <laughs> Respect. But anyways, Respect. But, but I was playing, I was getting ready to, to go to Kansas. And, you know, I was getting ready to go play, whatever the case is. And then this, like, 13-year-old, 13-year-old was, was coming and training with us. Yeah. Her, me, and a couple other Hoopers. And she was the only girl, as Start always. dunking on everyone. Well, she was just killing everybody. And I remember I was like, yo, who is this? And I remember... Obviously, I was like, I would always see her dad. Her dad goes, he's 805 legend. And he's like, oh, that's my daughter. 12, 13, balling on everybody. Damn. So, yeah, I've known her since, yeah, since you were like 12. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into it. Um, born and raised where? Uh, how was your upbringing? How was your childhood? Let us, let us start. Dip. Okay. Well, born and raised in Santa Barbara, California. Hell so yeah. Beachy vibes all day long. Mm-hmm. A little bougie. It's all right, though. <laughs> uh, grow, grew up uh, playing ball in the gym, gym rat all day long. I was a daddy's girl. So, of course, my dad's in the gym coaching all day long. Mm-hmm. I'm with him, picking up as much attention from him as I can. Yep. When I did that, that's when I grabbed a ball. So that's kind of what motivated me to start playing in general. Um, and then mom, mom is cool. She's a track runner all my life. So I have a background just being athletic in general. Nice. So mom held a track record for 15 years in Santa Barbara running the 400. Oh shit. So people don't know that about my mom. So that's pretty cool. Um, and both of them are pretty social, outgoing, bubbly people. So I feel like I kind of embodied, yeah, <laughs> embodied yeah, both of them for sure. For sure. Um, I grew up with my sister Jayla. Um, and then I also, just in life, I have an older sister, Elise, and then I have a brother, Ahmad, and a brother, Carmelo, and a brother, Aiden. So those are like my, that's my little circle right there. Right on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like during, when you were growing up as well as mine, like it was, it was a lot of AU guys basketball, guys basketball, yes. guys basketball, and then obviously, um, we talked for a quick second about your dad. He, he coached guys basketball, guys basketball. So um, how much of playing basketball with, 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 with guys influenced your game? Huge. Um, one, respect is everything. So no one wants to play with the girl. No one wants to pass to the girl. I remember my first game was at Franklin Elementary School in Santa Barbara. And I was like crying. I went to my dad at halftime. I was like, Dad, they're not passing me the ball. They're not passing me the ball. And um, he was just like, well, stand into the basket. They're missing shots. Go get a rebound. (laughs) So so that's kind of where I started. And then being a girl at a young age, we grow faster than boys, obviously. So I was always the tallest one. They called me Hirafa growing up. So I was the giraffe. (laughs) So just always being awkwardly tall for my age. And um, so I just started rebounding the ball. And then all of a sudden I started working on my handle. And then the shot came along. So it's just like bits and pieces Uh, I think that there's a misconception of basketball players that you just have to learn (coughs) everything all at once. There were really segments in my, like, just upbringing where I was, like, just focusing on an up and under, just focusing on how to do a layup, just focusing on shooting form. And so, like, breaking down those process steps is important. Um, I know that every every Hooper had, like, that, that breaking point, you know, like, I remember I went to, like, a, 
uh, Adidas basketball camp. And then I came back and I just like figured it out. And I was like, all right, like now I just felt like I leveled up for like, I think it was like my sophomore to junior year. When did you have that point as a, as a, as a young kid where you were just like, okay, now I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the for next sure. level. For sure. So, uh, did you go to Adidas Phenom camp? I went to uh, the Pangos. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah, one. Yeah. So my dad is all about, um, he already had this mindset and before I even had it, I'm going, I, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not making millions. You got, we don't come from family yeah. with money. So in order to go to college, you got to get a scholarship. Nice. So Keanu already had that in his mind. And so in order to do that, you have to go to all these ranking things growing up. Um, beneficial. I think there's a perfect timing for it. I think I went a little too soon. Um, but um, with that said, seventh grade year, I went to Adidas Phenom camp and I was ranked like 89, 89. And I was like, I, I, I remember driving home and I was like, dad, I'm done with basketball. I'm done. <laughs> I'm never touching it like again. Like 89, like in middle school? Eight, no, 89, like in for my grade. Okay. I was like top 89 in the country for my grade. Whoever went to this camp is yeah. invited, whatever. So I remember being in the car. I'm like, Dad, I'm not touching the ball ever again. I was like, I'm not touching it. I don't want to play anymore. It's not fun for me. This is, I'm not seeing my, my work in progress. Yeah. So then I didn't touch a ball for a month, I remember, seventh grade year. And really pivotal going into high school. Like, you got to be preparing, doing all these things to make varsity. Mm-hmm. And next year, I'm, dad signs me up for the camp, and I'm like, I don't want to go. F this. I don't want to do it. Um, I ended up getting number one in the nation that year. Oh, next no year, way. eighth grade, going into high school, I was number one in the nation. Damn. Crazy, right? So then, like, for me, my work ethic was still the same. Mm-hmm. I was still the same competitor. Maybe one or two moves added in one year. It's not so much growth that you can do in a year. Um, but it just goes to show, like, persistence, consistency, sacrifice, and just sticking through something even when you feel it's down. But that was my pivotal point of, like, no one's messing with me. Yeah, that's super <laughs> sick. Yeah. That's super yeah. sick. That's, yeah. like a huge, that's, like, a huge flex from being, like, yeah, I'm 87th and now I'm number one. Yeah, yeah. I was number yeah, one. Crazy. It was crazy, yeah. Was crazy. Um, leading up to high school, so I know that um, you were from Santa Barbara, but, like, any other, you know, people are in your ear and they're like, hey, you know what, do you want to stay in Santa Barbara? Oxnard, Buena. How did you go from Santa Barbara to Oxnard to then going to Buena, which Buena is known for like a powerhouse women's basketball? Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have known about that powerhouse like growing up. When you're in Santa Barbara, it's just Santa Barbara bubble, mm-hmm. you know? And for me, I grew up being the ball girl at the Santa Barbara High School. So like Brittany Croslin was like it. Um, they had a big Maria, little Maria. They all went D1. Players that are just, for sure. without being said, but respected who I saw is like, oh, and then I was a big Gaucho fan. So I was yeah. always at the Gaucho games. And that was when they had the, the huge powerhouses and they're winning championships back to back in the Big West. But um, the whole transition of me going from Santa Barbara to Oxnard was Oxnard had Kenny Plummer. He's like an OG yeah. coach. Now he's winning championships at Moore Park Junior College. Um, but there was my cousins there. So my cousin Kiana Vines and Dejiana Vines. Mm-hmm. And both of them D1 players. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so uh, I was play. They were like, come, come with us and we'll just make a powerhouse team. And we did exactly that for that year. Kenny ended up moving on to Oaks Christian. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Ironically. Yeah. Um, but uh, then we all kind of dispersed. And um, during that time, fun fact, as I found out, I had an older sister who was actually at Buena, which is Elise. Yeah. And um, she played hoops. And I was like, you know what? Like. Let me just get to know my sister, you know? I don't really have any, like, obligations or loyalty anywhere else. And then, of course, the basketball, Jovan, I left right 
when he left, yeah. the dynasty had ended and David Gunther had taken over. And I was like, you know, I'll just take a risk. And it was all uphill from there. We've been title after title. So it was good. Nice. Um, so when you got to Buena and, you know, you end up <clears throat> playing and all of a sudden you start getting the, you know, the scholarships and the offers. When was your first um, letter or your actual like offer and what school was it? Yeah, eighth grade year that number one in the nation thing kind of like got everyone kind of ready and on board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was uh, UCSB and I had, I had committed verbally. No one knows that. Yeah. No way. I was such a coach French, like fanatic. I loved him. I loved his philosophy. Just loved what he created in that culture. Um, and in Santa Barbara, no one expects supers in Santa Barbara. And there were just like a bunch of mixed girls and I'm being in Santa Barbara. There's not a lot of mixed girls and they were just a full mixed team. And I was just, ins ins they inspired me so much. And so I committed, uh, verbally <laughs> and then literally the next year coach French retired <laughs> and I was like, Oh man. So I missed my shot, but I mean, still, I learned a lot just being in all those camps and all those things. So, um, and then my next goal was USC and I was like, I, I got a USC is my next dream school. Uh, didn't work out timing-wise. They had already been full with all shooting guards. I, they were committed but, but to... Did they, did, they, did, they, did they offer you? They did not. I went to a camp, and they did not offer me. They offered me a partial, and that they were going to wait and to see how one other player was going to turn out. Oh, And they that. didn't... Yeah, and I was like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, funny story, now we're playing, and Cooper, actually, was the coach then. Yeah. And Michael Cooper. And he told me, like, we, we love you, blah, 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 we love your work ethic. They already kind of had in their mind the picture that they're trying to put, push together with their puzzle. Um, and then when I went to Gonzaga for a sophomore year, we played USC, and I was like, I'm giving them buckets. Yeah. <laughs> I did not care. I dropped 20, and then after the game, I was like... I can look you in your exactly. eye and I'm like, yeah, you missed out. Yeah. That's <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty dope. Dude. Um, you decided to go to Gonzaga though. Yes. Um, what made you choose Gonzaga? Uh, so academically I've had a learning disability all my life. So I'm dyslexic. Mm. Yes. Heavy. And school is not my thing. I'm a hooper, a hooper all day long. And no one really put emphasis on school until my, my stepmom came into my life. Um, Tiffany Bumpus, that is an angel to me. Mm -hmm. Um, she is kind of like on me my junior year because I had to be like, if you want to go to college, you can get there with your skill. But if you don't have the work ethic on the court, same as the classroom, you're not going to be able to so immediately, I had to take classes at VC when I was in high school. It sucked. <laughs> it was like, I was taking Spanish. Uh, I think I took geometry just because I had to. Like just to pass? Just to pass. So I had to do extra work on top of just be having a learning disability. You have to just do extra just to be normal. Yeah. So it was just a lot of pressure on that in itself. For the people who don't know what the, what, what, what. Is it dyslexia? Yeah. What what is that? What does that mean? It looks a little <clears throat> different for everybody. Some people like read backwards, like read things backwards. I um, see a word and then I will like see a word and glance at it, and then I might like my memory. I'll go just into my memory of what it is. Gotcha. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then just like comprehension following along is like harder for me. I just learn differently. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've learned. Like I will literally learn something, and then someone will be like, well, "Why didn't you do it this way?" And yeah. Um, so just that in itself. So with that said, Gonzaga um, is a small school. Mm -hmm. So it was like a 12 when I was going in, it was like a 12 to one ratio. In my is, it, is it private? It's a private school, it's private, school, private yeah. Catholic school. Yeah. So, um, so it's a 12 to one teacher to student ratio for me, a smaller classroom, instead of going to like UW, which I, I went on a visit to, there's like a hundred kids 
to one professor in the class. Yeah. You know, it's just, I would be a number. And I couldn't be a number. Like, I would rather, my professors had me over at their houses for lunch. Like, let's go over this kind of thing. Yeah. And I needed that babysitting. And that's just, like, being real with yourself and, like, in, in that that circumstance when you are looking for what do you want, what kind of conference do you want to play in, who's there, what system do they run. You also have to look at, like, the community and what the classes are looking like mm-hmm. and how you're going to be successful in that. Um, that sounds more of a responsible hooper because a lot of because <laughs> a lot of ball players will go and be like I just want to hoop and go play pro or whatever you were looking at the long term like your long term investment yeah. yeah unfortunately though like for women especially like people women are finally starting to make some money now in the game yeah right so like we don't have that like we're not that fortunate to where, like we can just rely on hoop for the rest of our lives and like that's it or mm-hmm. at least cover like 10 years of our lives yeah, and yeah. be supportive for a family. Like that's not something that we can do. So I have to think like, what can I back myself up on after I'm done playing? And so that's why I had to do that. You decided to get um, your major. It says your bachelor's degree in sports management and then a double minor in public relations and communications. Um, why? And yeah, why and why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so one, uh, every athlete who doesn't know what they want to do, Sports management is your field. (laughs) So that was kind of them. But then, like, obviously, like, I I learned into it. Uh, We did a lot of sports psychology. We did a lot of um, agency work. And at the beginning, I was like, I want to be an agent. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be dope. Like, I'm going to get some NBA players to be my agent. Like, I I, I had that in mind. And I actually did work for an agency. The agency that I played under, I ended up being a runner for Mm -hmm. later down the line. So I got a little taste of it. But it just kind of is like a wide spectrum. I can be um, an athletic director be a coach i can be an agent I can, there's just a lot i just knew i wanted to be in the sports realm period yeah so that's kind of how i chose that um it says right here so in your four years at gonzaga you appeared in 132 games which is the sixth all-time in program history you started 68 consecutive games and you started all 34 games your senior year um sounds like you were not injury prone. Like you were just on point. <laughs> and that, yeah. I've been super blessed in that sense. I've never had any major injuries. I've never really? I've never broken a bone. Oh, definitely wow. find but some like, wood. So yeah, 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 yeah. But like I, I really have been fortunate, but I think it's just because like um I've always been had that mentality of like you just stay ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even now it took me like probably like you would ask me all the time, like oh, you're working out or you would just expect me to like be working out of all the time. Like the last two years are my this is the first time like my entire life I've never I haven't I want to work out just to like have fun and yeah. just be healthy like I've always just been like let's go I'm ready like stay ready and if your body is ready con- like consistently for 15 20 years like I feel like you do the right things you eat the right things you're gonna, you're gonna be okay I'm going forward but this I feel like this is a good question to ask is you know um having you on this podcast you know we're gonna get a lot of um uh, Younger hoopers listening. I know when we had D Pinkert on here, a lot of the younger the younger generation were listening. And what would be your advice to an individual who, I guess, wants to be ready at all times? What are like a couple key points to staying ready, conditioned, even at like 15 to 18 or 12 to 18? Yeah, I'd say time management is key. I think that the sooner you learn time management, everybody has the same amount of hours in the day. So what are you doing with those hours and how can you maximize those hours? So I would get up at like 4.35 in the morning and I would go shoot with my dad at the Page Center before school. Mm -hmm. I would go at lunchtime and shoot. 
lunchtime. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of friends. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I was just straight in the gym hooping. And if you were my friend, you were rebounding for me. If yeah. you were my boyfriend, you were rebounding for me. Like, those are kind of my things. Mm-hmm. And um, so after I did that, I, I paid attention to learning how to eat. So I'd eat, like, a lot of salads. I, I'd eat nice and healthy. Also, my dad not knowing how to cook. (laughs) So, you know, just dealing with that kind of stuff. But time management is key, man. And um, just really taking advantage of the the maximum hours and really putting forth the effort that you do in school in in your hoop game. Nice. Um, Let's talk about, because you're you're the half of a half of a half of 1% who was able to play in March Madness. And not only that, but, you know, you made it to the Sweet 16, you made it to the Elite Eight. Um, I remember I I was going on uh, YouTube clips looking you up and you had, like it was nationally televised CBS and you had, you know, a big game. Um, What were those emotions like to be on such a big stage like that and having, you know, CBS and, you know, Gianni Albanese, here she goes again. Like, can you take us back to like how you felt and, you know, what, what, what was it like? I give it up to, to Gonzaga and just, like, the culture. I went into an Elite Eight program. So they were at the Elite Eight the year before that. And so they build in, like, us to prepare for that. Um, so I had good role models. Courtney Vandersloot, all-star, legend. Mm-hmm. I looked up to her. Um, Kelly Bowen, another great player. So, like, the, all those girls, when you're a freshman, you think that when you're going into a good program and you're the top in the nation in your area, cool. But when you're going to a big time school like that, like you're at the bottom of the barrel again. Yeah, yeah. So like, and that's dope to be like, yo, I was the best, and now someone's even better than me. Like now I can aspire to be something like better than myself, and that's what I want. I don't want to stay the same. So um, I give props to just like my my college in general, just because they prepared me for that moment in senior mm-hmm. year, and that took four years to get there. Um, senior year though, I was just like, I'm gonna do it all out. Like I was watching and just prepping for this. Like, yeah. My senior, they did like a senior. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, and uh, like all of my teammates were like, man, she just lived her best life. She just did whatever she wanted to do. She went out. She was like a free spirit. And I was like, you know what? Like, I did. I, I had no regrets. I lived it out. I, I played the best games of my life. And it was because I was free and no pressure. And I feel like kids need to really understand that. Like, there is a lot of pressure to get to where you want to get to. But if you don't enjoy that process, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I can really look back at my senior year and be like, I lived everything. I got everything out of it that I wanted, mentally, spiritually, trophies, cutting down nets, all of it. So. Um, for young individuals who are going into uh, D1, D2, NAIA, and you just said, you know, being able to be a free spirit, uh, live both the uh, athletics and yes. academics, having fun, yes. you know, college is fun. Um, what advice would you give them to have fun and there's fun with the grind like don't get me wrong like <laughs> i'm not i'm not saying have fun like free spirit like i'm going out and partying uh-huh. no 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 no. <laughs> like my 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 circle and that's what's really important is like building your circle that understands you and understands your goals i would bring my girlfriends to the gym at 12 o'clock at night we had the key to the gym oh yeah. what would friday night what are we doing we got a game on sunday let's go hoop at one in the morning. And yeah. like, that's how the culture was. And it wasn't just our program, it was the boys too. So like we, all of us would just, we were just all hoopers. We wanted to be in the gym. Um, and then being in a small campus, like we didn't, we just held, hung out together and really grinded it out then. So falling in love with that grind and making it fun. How many years did you end up being at Gonzaga? Four. Four. Mm-hmm. And then you got your, you got both the, uh, 
your double your major and your double minor yes so public relations and communications yes so I wanted to get in I actually did broadcasting yes and I I loved it but I got a little nervous and I didn't couldn't put enough time we had like a news channel um, on campus and in order to like be that major I needed to be doing all those things but I couldn't because I was traveling all the time for basketball and stuff so um PR I just wanted to be able to like showcase me and showcase my brand and that's when ka really came about was um in senior year i wanted to start getting involved i learned all the communication aspects and the pr aspects of how to sell things i worked with nonprofits on how to build their brand and i was just like this is what i'm, I'm training kids already i've lived it why am i not get, when i'm done with this where am i going to go and i was like i have to go back home and do it because my dad my dad built the 805 program since i was my entire life. Yeah. I was one years old when he created 805. So I was like, you know, I have to, he's going to stop sometime. I have to continue that legacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's what I, no, So you get your degree, you play four years in basketball, you play four years of basketball at Gonzaga. And then the question that everybody has is what now? Um, you either go into the work field or you play more basketball. Um, it looks like you took the opportunity and went to go play pro. Uh, how was that? How was that presented to you? Right. Um, so, agencies after you you're done with the NCAA double uh, tournament, um, agents will talk to your coaches and say, "Hey, like we think that she can go pro." Um, that's basically how it goes. And then uh, I choose, kind of like a college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you get to choose. Um, I had the choice to either stay local with a couple local agencies, local meetings. Okay. Um, and then I had a, I made a I made a rookie mistake totally. Uh, no one really knows this. Um, so I had a WNBA agent, top agent, had over like fifteen like WNBA top players mm-hmm. um, on their agency list, and I said one hundred percent. Once he, he named a couple, I was like, yes, okay, I'll sign with you. Signed with him. I was pumped. I thought I was gonna get drafted. For sure. I didn't think that I was gonna be making money in the WNBA. We weren't making that much money when I was coming out. And everyone knows you make your money playing overseas. Yeah. So in that sense, knowing that I don't have a good, uh, I don't have a lot of family background that has money. I'd have to take care of myself. Sure. So knowing I would already know that I'd have to go overseas. Um, so two months go into me. It's kind of like a waiting game after you're done with college. And then after the senior year that I had, I had a big head. And I had a great career my senior year. And so I thought that I was better than what I was. Okay. And when I didn't get a contract right away, I was freaking out. And I was like, why am I not getting picked up? Why am I not getting picked up? You weren't getting a contract from the WNBA or from anybody? From a WNBA or overseas. I wasn't getting anything. It was two months in. Now, it hasn't even hit September yet. Anybody who knows and plays overseas, like, you can get a contract in September and way later than September and you'll be just fine. Yeah. But it was my first year. I didn't get it right away. I thought people would be waiting on me. Didn't happen. So I made the rookie mistake. I had another agent in my ear, L.A., from L.A., had Pac-12 type players, um, and I saw him in a USC game. I was hanging out at USC campus a lot, and he convinced me to kind of sign with him. And I had already committed to my WNBA agent. You had verbally committed, or you had signed? I, I had signed with the WNBA agent. But I had been talking, to, and I didn't see him. He's, like, based out of Oregon. Sure. So I had never even seen him face-to-face before. So, but this Orlando guy 
didn't want to say his name, but okay. (laughs) 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 LA. Um, He was kind of in my ear and I, he was telling me all the things that I wanted to hear. Sweet talk, right? Doing his job well. And I basically told the Oregon agent, like, I'm going to sign somewhere else. You haven't found me a contract yet. You weren't working fast enough for me. I'm telling, I'm telling the WNBA agent that. <laughs> and mind you, you were, you're on, you're like, on, he was handling all these players. He was hand, like, and I was like, all you care about are these top WNBA yeah. players. And I was kind of in that midsection. So I released my contract and I signed with Orlando. Orlando's a great agent, great agent. He got me a, I still played for one of the top uh, clubs in overseas in Greece. Penneth Naikos was how you yeah, pronounce yeah. it. Um, it's huge program. Uh, it's, crazy passionate it goes in all sectors like they're crazy and passionate about their soccer they're crazy and passionate about their basketball obviously um water polo they're it's like the, when you're playing overseas like they're it's like kind of like a college but just for sports yeah. <laughs> that's what it is so um a dope dope first experience like i've had i remember playing i was in athens and our first rival game panathinaikos versus olympiakos it's like the biggest rival in greece right? It's like red versus green. Sure. A huge, passionate game. There's riots. Like, I didn't know walking into the gym that we would have like SWAT people like protecting us to get into the gym. That's how packed crazy it was. Oh, wow. And then um, they had like the shields to protect us when we were walking on the court because they were throwing um, batteries like and pennies, Whoa. like burning pennies and like throwing them at us. That's crazy. And they had like smog foker- smokers that like blew up the gym. It smelled and reeked of like weed and like just like a bunch of crazy yeah. stuff. Like it was just gnarly. So I've never experienced that before ever in a basketball game in my entire life. So yeah. that experience by far is like so dope because the girls don't get to experience that. Guys get to experience that a lot more. Girls, not so much. And then coming from Gonzaga where we had a huge fan base, we sold out every game. It was so cool to just like have that experience again. Now going a few years after that, like not having any fans, going from like that Mike Gonzaga to Penneth Nyagos, and then to going to like Switzerland where no one cares about basketball. Yeah. I was like, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> I didn't even make it a full season in Switzerland. I, I after my half my half season, I was the leading scorer of the league and uh, our team was gonna win first place and I was not feeling fulfilled. Like I was like, I'm not mm. being challenged, let alone there's like maybe like seven people on the stands. It's Jeez. just not not the environment and the culture that I wanted to play in. So I, I left halfway through the season. I was like, I'm going back to Greece. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, not doing this anymore. So yeah, it was pretty dope. And then you ended up uh, finishing in Egypt. Yes. So what brought me to Egypt, I, I would have stayed and played in Greece my entire career. Uh, it's beautiful. How many years did you do there? Four. Four years. Four wow. years, I think. Yes. I think four. And it was like four and a half, I feel like. Okay. Um, but I didn't come home for like three years. Like I, I was there illegally kind of. like I literally didn't come home because I was just so in love with the culture like I was just living life to the fullest I was going to islands I was meeting new friends I would stay like I made a best friend there and like I would stay and have like holidays with her family it was just like a cool experience Um, and then I didn't really have like family to like come visit me no one came and visited me in the five (laughs) years that I was there so I was just like man I have to like make the most of this and I did I truly did Um, but Egypt I left because it was about the money (laughs) there you go Greece uh, I think that the biggest misconception I think I'm super fortunate I know a lot of girls who play overseas and they didn't get their money they would play and then they would not get paid all the way or maybe some or not on time definitely in Greece I didn't get paid on time ever so um, but I did get paid my full amount which is great 
Um, so super blessed on that. But um, they weren't going to be paying me because uh, Greece at the time there was it goes back and forth where you can have like two play two Americans or three Americans. Obviously, the more Americans, the more money. Yeah. Right. But in Egypt, like you go to another different countries where they only accept one American, you know that you're going to be getting all that money. Because, sure. You know. So um, I ended up making good good money in Egypt. Plus, they covered for my my housing and my meals and all that fun stuff. So. Damn. That's good. So you still that was in 2018. That was COVID year, man. That was like right. I was in Egypt when COVID started. Really? I wow. Was, I, fun, crazy story. Like a, a lot happened within that three month span. That is gnarly to me. So like they were like taught like when America talked about COVID. It was like this huge disaster thing. Egypt was in its own bubble and like everyone just kept being like, Oh, it's not going to come over here. Yeah. We're fine. We're good. We're Nothing's going to happen. It's hot here, so it's not going <laughs> to. Like, yeah. These are the things oh that God. they're telling yeah, yeah, yeah. me. All of like, but my dad and my mom, my sister's calling me like, yo, like, this is what's going on. You're freaking out. You need to get on a plane. Like, it's time to come home yeah. kind of thing. And I was like, no, no, no. I haven't gotten paid yet, first and foremost. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going anywhere without my money. And then, um, so I, I was just like, no, nah, dad, I'll wait it out. I'll wait it out. And we played the cup game, finished the cup game, won the cup game. Um, and... I was like, you know what, like, I'll, I'll wait for my bonus and then I'll be out. Little did I know that they were shutting down the airport. They shut down the airport entirely. Yeah. No flights could get out. Trump closed the airports at that time. Yeah. So where I couldn't even get in unless I was on this, like, the national, like, only American flights that they had. So I waited a month in COVID in Egypt and I was trying to get out. Like, I was like, I need to get out. I need to get out. It's time to go home. I don't feel safe. I just want to go home. And they, I was a minute where I was talking to my agent. And I was just like, I can you get this out? It was really difficult. It's really difficult when they don't understand like the urgency in it because yeah. you're, you're, I'm in a foreign country. Middle East is not like the best place in the world. Like, so it's just um, like on my street. It's like really, it was like a dirt street, but there were like guys with machetes on my street, like because that was where the embassies were. Oh, true. <laughs> so yeah. it was just like I, it was just like a weird vibe that I didn't really feel safe in. And so to like feel like unsafe in a place where you're alone, mm -hmm. there's no one that I could like really talk to or go and find. Um, and then Kobe had passed away that like same like month or month ish. Mm -hmm. And so like I was already like kind of depressed because like that was heavy on me, mm -hmm. just like realizing life and just like what in the world. Like to me, when when Kobe passed, I was like he put in the most work out of everybody. And, like, he didn't even really get to, like, enjoy his life. He couldn't even, like, go, like, he, he can't even enjoy his family. Yeah. You know? And so, like, that just, like, rocked my world. I was like, I'm, I've been dedicating my life to basketball my entire life. And I can't even live. Like, yeah. I'm not even living. And I don't even want, I, I, I wanted a family. I wanted those things. And I just felt like I needed to have that. Plus, isolation, sitting by yourself in <laughs> a different country. Oh, like, for sure. You yeah. start thinking about those things crazy. So, um. I was just like, it's time to come home. So anyways, I got on the American flight, the only American flight. There was only one flight out of Egypt airport, and that was the one. And I got on, and I came home. No way. Wow. That's it. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's crazy you made it out. It's crazy to hear the, the other side of, like, a different country and how they handled it. Oh, it was, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they didn't handle it. There were no precautions at all. So, yeah. Um, you retire. Yeah. Quote unquote, right? You retire, and then now it's you. You go back to that question of, um, you know, like from graduating. Now I'm gonna go pro. Now it's like, hey, I retired. Now life it starts, right? Um, what was your like when you came home? Were you like, fuck? What am I gonna do? Were you anxious? Were you happy? 
did you have a job lined up? Like what was, what was the next, the next move? Isolation um, does a lot to you. So I, I grew in my faith a lot and I relied on my faith a lot when I was playing overseas for those five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was constantly in prayer when I came home, like, God, if I'm not supposed to be, like, I was, I was healthy. I could have played another five years. Everyone. How old were you when you came back? Uh, 27, 27. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 28. I'm 29 now. It's been three years, two years. Okay. Yeah. So around there. Um, so people play up until like they're 35. Oh yeah. Overseas. It's gnarly. Like I'm like, how you guys have like 16 year olds and you're still playing. I'm like, how in the world are you doing this? (laughs) And so, um, I knew that I wanted a family one and God knew that I was on my heart. So I knew I wanted a family. I knew I wanted a relationship, a solid one. And I couldn't do that when I was playing overseas. Mm -hmm. That was something that I sacrificed heavy. So, um, I just knew that I had to come home for one, that purpose. But I was like, that's on my heart. God knew that was on my heart. And I was just like, man, like, give me, give me a reason to stay basically. Cause I'll ball every single time. (laughs) That's the easy way out to leave everything behind and just go play. Like that's easy, Yeah, you know, but to, to buck up and to be a woman and like, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to stand on. That's hard. (laughs) So, um, and then to be around your family again, when you've been around, like haven't, I haven't been around them. I mean, talk about four years of college, not being around them. I didn't barely came home during college and then, another five years added yeah. on to that for overseas. Like, so I really wasn't home for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like to come home to where we really wasn't home was um, really something I had to sit on. Do I really want this? Um, and God is crazy. He works in crazy ways. I, my first two jobs that I landed, one KA started during COVID. So KA. For the, for, for people who don't know what KA means, yeah. what is that? KA Academy was my, my training, my academy for personal training clinics and camps and all that fun stuff. But um, I had started doing it w- during when I would come home during the off season mm-hmm. or I would do it like in other countries. So I put on a camp in Egypt. I would I'd go to Greece and do like hostings there. So it was just kind of fun stuff to do without playing um, to make money too, obviously, um, to provide for myself. And uh, so I took off then and I lost my train of thought. We're talking about um, coming home and you starting with KA and then you said you had an opportunity. You had. Oh, yes. And so COVID picked up people, everything was shut down. And so I kind of took it upon myself. Like I know hoopers in the area. If you want to hoop, everything was shut down. We're going to be outside. Yeah. I'm going to be outside. We can hoop. Yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. So it kind of really took off at the end of COVID. I probably had like 50 clients. Nice. <laughs> it was gnarly. Like I was just, it was just an abundance of, of kids and it was just because they wanted to get better one. And then two probably parents are like, get out. Yeah, 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 They're yeah, probably yeah, over it. Yeah, like- <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the schools were shut down and all that stuff. So um, so that's how it kind of blew up. But um, uh, a job presented itself, Santa Barbara City College, don't even know the guy. And I was like, God, if I'm supposed to stay, I'll have a job lined up to where I can support myself and I can stay at a house where okay. I can live. Um, my mom's ex-boyfriend who had ALS, Okay. Um, my mom was kind of taking care of him in home and she was like, he lived in this big, sick mansion. And... He was like, I'll let you stay in a room mm-hmm. if you just, like, help me out there in the house. I was like, oh, you're taking care of my housing, and I'm living in Santa Barbara in a mansion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not, you can't make that up. Like, that's that's just God. Like, yeah, yeah. To be able to sit there and just, like, what? This is where I'm living? <laughs> and yeah. I'm not paying any, fr- it's free, rent-free. Like, and I'm taking care of someone, which is humbling for me, because I never would have thought that I would be a caregiver ever in my entire life. But that's something that I can now 
check box and I did it for two years. Like nice. totally took care of him. Um, love for him. He passed away last year. Um, that was hard. But um, then uh, I got the job at Santa Barbara City College. While living in Santa Barbara. While living in Santa Barbara. And the coach reached out to my godfather and he was like, hey, what's Keanu doing? She's just working out, doing her thing, waiting for another contract. He's like, would you want to coach? And mind you, when you say you got a coaching job there, you're, you're coaching the Santa Barbara uh, City College men. Men's team. Men's team. Men's team. Yeah. So these are grown 18, 19, 20, 21, like yeah, grown yeah. men. Um, and so I was like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, I'm I'm pretty young still. Um, woman, you want to bet on me? Yeah. Didn't even have to, like, I was going to say try out. <laughs> but like in interview, interview. Yeah. I didn't have to interview for it at all. And so he was like, no, you got this. And so I went in, and I w- it was just about holding myself with respect, you know, making sure that I'm speaking firmly. Coaching boys is men are completely different sure. than, you know, coaching girls here and there, just like training and personal training stuff. Um, so it grew me quickly. Um, so that was an awesome experience where I really didn't have to interview for it, and it just kind of fell in my lap. Biggest takeaway you got from coaching grown men? Because I played at junior college, and I mean, I was eighteen, and the old, my oldest teammate at the time was twenty eight. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it was like the wildest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest takeaway? Man, I think I just had to. That was the first time where I had to be serious and express my IQ. Like, no one, you, as a player, you just react and you just know things, so you're able to do them. Mm-hmm. Like, but be able to be able to do them and to, like, I learned from so many different coaches. It was, it's been a blessing. George Quintero is the number one AAU coach mm-hmm. all time. Court, Courtney Young, you had her on podcast, yeah. coached her. Diana Taurasi coached her. He's coached numerous D1 athletes. My dad alone, obviously mm-hmm. legend. Character heart legend. He's UCSB Hall of Fame, played in the league. So all of these coaches molded me, and it was time not to express what I learned through playing, but express what I learned through coaching and my IQ so I can pass that along to mm-hmm. everybody. Um, so that was dope to be able to hold myself seriously and kind of, like, check my IQ a little bit. Like, oh, I just know this, and I just think it just comes to everybody. Like, oh, this is natural. No, you got to really, like, people don't know this. I have to express this. And yeah. They can get it. Um, so with boys, I can be more direct, stern, Maybe even yell, yeah. you know, um, for sure. Yeah, because I feel like boys, they just don't listen and yell at them. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, wake yeah. up. Um, so that and then now coaching high school girls, completely different. Can't sure. yell, don't want to yell. Let's figure out a way to communicate in a different way. So, um, yeah, I would say. That's so that. you did you did uh, Santa Barbara City College for a year or two? Two years. OK. Two years, yeah. And then after that, you know, now it's like now you get approached by. It was uh, was it Oaks Christian? Oaks Christian, yeah. yeah. So well, through- here, I guess I guess my question is this: is <clears throat> because like your name, you know, holds you know holds a lot of like you're well known here in in the, in the 805. So you now coaching Santa Barbara, you know, at such a young age, I'm sure now your your stock is higher and higher and higher. Where a lot of where a lot of schools approaching you like hey come coach come coach yeah so I shut down like this goes back to like what we really have to like sit down and know what you want in life Mm -hmm. um and know what the career you're going to get into is going to get what kind of life that's going to bring you sure so um I got offered to coach at Oregon my my college coach is now the head coach at Oregon 
So he offered me a grad assistant position Sick. and then a video coordinator position. That'd be huge. So huge. We're Oregon. Yeah. Like, who wouldn't gear on gear on gear? Yeah, on gear. Nike, <laughs> that's Nike, literally, Nike. That's literally what I was thinking. Gear on gear on gear. Um, I got offered um, Pacifica reached out to me or Pacific. I'm sorry, Pacific University. Oh, University, yeah. Uh, St. Mary's University um, offered. So there's a, a, every year, no matter what, um, there's going to be coaches, college coaches rotate all the time. So those job openings, are, they open up a lot. Yeah. Um, None like saying no to that. You the hardest part was um, UCSB offered the same time Oaks Christian offered. I always said that I wanted to coach college, but I knew that that college route you're on. It's like I might as well be overseas because I'm constantly traveling, constantly recruiting, going from state to state every single month. It's just not the life that why I stopped playing. I stopped playing so that I could settle down, get something that I wanted. Out yeah, of life, you know. So me doing that, it's kind of like why? Why do that? Um, but UCSB, your home. And I looked up to that school so much. And so um, I had to make the decision of, do I want to coach at UCSB or do I want to coach Oaks Christian? And it goes back to what is my foundation, what is my purpose, what is my calling? And KA Academy really blossomed and took off, and I felt fulfilled, way more fulfilled teaching a girl how to shoot a jump shot than me scoring 20 points. Mm. So I felt like if I, if I felt that, I need to keep that going. I can reach more kids if I keep in my K Academy and still coach Christian. If I'm at UCSB, I can't mm-hmm. do my K Academy anymore. So it's kind of like, what do I want to do in life? And then am I going to be able to stay home and do this? So that's what led me to Oaks Christian. Um, you've been there now how long? <clears throat> this is my first full year. First full year. Mm-hmm. Um, first full year. Um, are you the only female coach in your division i mean in, in your in your league no there's the to coach and the calabasas coach okay yeah yeah um your first year you you won the marymount league title and then not only that you received the marymount league coach of the year and then you were also uh invited to coach the, the all-star game yeah. um that's kind of a huge flex. Year year one, and I wish, yeah, I wish I could take like the credit. I'm only doing what was taught to me and what I want. I I had a great college experience, and I just want to cultivate that mm-hmm. and wherever I'm at. Um, so, and in doing that, that 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 was the product. Also, I had amazing players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I wish that, like, I'm not going to be the coach that says, oh, like, it was all on me. It's, it's all on me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. It takes two. It takes two people to really buy into each other. It takes the player and it takes the coach to buy into each other. Um, and the girls finally bought into me. And I was really, really impressed with just, like, the bond and the the culture that was created this year. Yeah, but you can't really discredit yourself either because it, it's kind of like you said earlier, like, there's understanding to doing it. It's, it's like doing it yourself, but there's also understanding everything well enough to apply it to somewhere else. Yeah, so like that does true. come from you as well. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, thing, the thing about Juan is, and, and, and every, every guest is like, says it like, he says very little, but when he does, it's like, it's like, boom, magic moments, magic moments dude. It's real. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I needed that. Thanks. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now being like a high school coach, right? And like you said, um, for the people who don't know Oaks Christian, um, at least you tell me if I'm wrong, uh, here, here in, in, in the 805, 
it's known for first off having very uh well-known aka celebrity students that are in there i mean i know over the years you've had will smith's kids the greskies uh I'm, i think there was another another kid who i've known for for years and then football 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 they they, they i mean i think when i was in high school they had the number one recruit uh quarterback the number two or the number one recruit uh running back. So it's like, it's always been about football and it's always been about like high profile, um, celebrities, um, going into that was basketball kind of like, it's just there. Like, were you kind of just like, all right, if, if, if you guys win one game, cool. If you guys win the whole thing, cool. Like how, how was that coming into it? Uh, it was really hard actually. Cause, um, the year before that, uh, it was a fill in coach, Christy, awesome smart woman she retired but she wasn't trying to coach that year but yeah. she was just like they need someone to step up okay um they actually won division three cif oh shoot <laughs> so she like took a job but like exceeded expectations completely they also had um brooklyn shamblin who is uh awesome player top in her class um she already committed to usc as a freshman oh, shoot. <laughs> so okay. that kind of tells you where she's at um so she led that team as a freshman and kind of like took over um, but also Lolo Donez, uh, Faith O'Daniel, Omar McKay, um, all those girls came back. So they, they were all there and they helped that, that win for sure. Um, but so the expectations were kind of high for me. Oh, wow. You know, like yeah. they just won a title. They won league before the, the, that year before too. So it was kind of like, you got to make shift what's going on. But the big kicker was the, the star player um Tori CL during summer <laughs> so I went in I, and I've known Brooklyn for since she was a second grader um so I've trained her her entire life yeah. I would come back home and stuff but so I went in thinking like oh I'm so pumped I get I get to coach these girls they're gonna be so good and um but then one of the star players gets hurt and so I wasn't even able to coach her so then everyone's expectations kind of like kind of dwindled sure and I even heard a couple comments like oh like no one expects you to win anymore and I'm like yeah. Yeah, but that that's but underdog the, on my life. Yeah, like, yeah. I was gonna say nah. as, 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 as an athlete, you're probably like, okay, just pull pull more gasoline. That's exactly to the fire, what I it. needed. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. I, nothing could have fired me up more to coach my first head coaching season. Like you're telling me no. Yeah. Got it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, so and then you so so it sounds like you're coming into a team that's been together for a yes. while. So how was it um I mean, I guess in a sense, like, how was it for you to, like, how were you able to bond with them? How were you able to have them trust you, trust your instincts? Like, yeah, your resume speaks volumes, but you're yeah. also coming into their world, their family. You're an outsider. Um, Huge. How, how, how were you able to, to adapt? It was hard, to be honest, because uh, what folks Christian is a different environment completely. I wasn't raised with money, mm -hmm. so I didn't understand that. Um, not to mention the open hearts of Oaks Christian. Like, I've never felt that either. So, like, they have big pockets, but they also have huge hearts. Mm -hmm. So, like, they really take care of you. They really want to, like, make sure that you're anything you need, we got you. Mm -hmm. They have your support. Um, that goes with parents, faculty, anybody. Mm -hmm. So, it, it goes hand in hand kind of thing, which is awesome. Um, the biggest thing that I did was, one, slow the game down for them and kind of really talk to them instead of dictating and like kind of yelling at them, mm -hmm. like, what are you seeing here? What's your thought process on this? 
and really try to talk it out with them. Um, and then I also did a lot of outside activities. <laughs> so I did like a spiritual retreat. We went to the cross out in Ventura and we just kind of like played some games, did a couple like spiritual things like prayed and just like giving motivation to yourself mm -hmm. and personally how to grow yourself. Um, and then also fun games, fun games like balloon toss and all these crazy yeah. things, uh, eating a donut off a string with your mouth and you just like, <laughs> <laughs> like dumb fun games that like girls love to do. And, um, we did, I had a, a plus size model come in and talk about just like self-esteem and how you hold yourself and expectations of social media and just like things that they're really going through. Cause being a high school student right now, especially a woman, like a girl, like there's a lot of expectations on them. So yeah. I just wanted to make sure, like, I'm coming at you as, like, woman to girl who I, you're eventually going to be a, a woman, you know? So I'm trying to mold you into be the best version of yourself off the court. And that's kind of where I started building those relationships. And then they started to trust me a little bit more. And, and um, you're going to be there next year? Yes. Nice. Um, expectations? Expectations. Honestly get more girls to be involved in the program. Mm -hmm. So eventually I'd love to grow a frosh soft team. Right now we have a JV and a varsity team. And I've had girls, which is so awesome about was Christian, is I actually had five girls from different countries, like Vietnam, China. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, in what world, like, does that happen? You know, and so it's cool that I get to bring other cultures in. And so for so many years, other cultures brought me in. And now I get to bring them into our culture. And this is what we do. Oh, yeah. Which is super dope for me. Like full circle. Everything is about full circle moments for me. So let's go back. One thing we didn't bring up, um, I wanted to like make it a, a huge topic was when we were walking up here, I was talking to you about um, the, the $100,000 nonprofit that you brought to your community. Um, explain that story. And, and when was that? Yeah. So um, after I got that Santa Barbara City College job in 2021, uh, 2020 COVID my year my last two years are so messy. yeah <laughs> they yeah. all blend let's together just call it COVID, yeah, COVID, COVID year, year. Yeah, yeah. um during COVID year um the nonprofit page youth center it's the basically the basketball mecca in Santa Barbara okay. um so that's where everyone goes to train um Packy who trains all these like NBA players they all train there during the off season and it's just like a big basketball house um I grew up there playing there my entire life and I was there training kids and my uncle, who is now the president of Page Youth Center, was like, hey, we need a pay like, director job because we just came out of COVID. Everyone was kind of laid off. We need someone to step in. So um, it was kind of like hand in hand because I could do my K work there and yeah. still be able to um, work with the nonprofit that I had been playing all my entire life. So um, every year they do a big basketball league. Um, this year, was the, that year it was called the Blenders League. And it was over, like, 160 teams, 860 kids show, like, participated in it. And that was my first time running a league, let alone that big. Yeah. I didn't realize how big it was going to grow because it was coming right out of COVID. Like, I didn't think that a lot of people – there were so many protocols going on that we had to, like, everyone had to wear a mask. I had to get hire people for mask control. And just, like, there was just so <laughs> yeah. much – so many little minute things. But um, it grew, and it made over $100,000. And I remember sitting in the Blenders meeting – that was my first like big time collab meeting. So I'm like learning how to 
get sponsors and stuff like that. So it was really hands-on really quickly. And you brought and you brought them in? They were already, yeah, they were in. And I signed them. They got them. It was good. Jeez. Yeah. Executive director wasn't just me. Executive director was there as well. But program director, yes. That's it amazing. was a program. But, um, yeah, so it was an awesome experience. I learned a lot hands-on. Learned very, very quickly on how to, like, learn software, learn how to deal with parents, learn, like, all, all of it. Um, running leagues, hiring refs. There was so many... Um, aspects to it but it was definitely something that was so rewarding because I remember playing it as a kid and it wasn't as big and it wasn't as nice and like I was just like I'm making a bigger footprint a better footprint for someone to come in behind yeah legacy yeah um growing up um who was your inspiration um who was your role model in in basketball actually take it back who was your role model like in life in life yeah well, Kobe. Kobe's definitely it, number one. Mentality-wise, he just got it, and I, like, aspired to be him. But I also loved Kevin uh, Garnett. Okay, yeah, yeah, KG, yeah. Loved yeah. KG. Uh, my godfather calls me KG, so, like, that was, like, our thing. Um, I wish I could say that I had a woman role model. I didn't. Uh-huh. So I think that that was kind of, like, the change that I wanted to make was, like, I didn't see a woman that looked like me that was doing what I was doing. Okay. So that's the change where I was like, now I look around and like I see so many other girls doing what I'm doing now. And that's just like a beautiful thing. And I think that the more like, I think when we get into the realm, like I don't know why women do this, but we like try to like compete with each other and like not like try to blend together and look each other up. Mm -hmm. I think that like you're doing what I'm doing, mad respect, let's collab now because there's less of us. So we're that much more special. Yeah. You know, that's what I kind of want to get into it. Amber Melgoza played after me, went to UW, um, is training, but still playing overseas. Literally is living the life that I just pa- kind of put down. And I'm just like, do you want to coach or do you want to play? And we kind of like, it's cool because we talk about like the next steps of what she wants. And mm-hmm. it's just like you're passing down something that is hopefully she's going to pass down to someone else. And you're inspiring someone without even knowing it. Yeah. yeah. Where do you want to take your... Uh KA Academy, like how far? Because um, I know you, right now it's, it's personal training, private clients, but it being your your baby, your 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 business, your nonprofit, your your everything. What wh- what do you see uh, that turning into? I just added a club team for the first time. Sick. So I have a sixth and seventh grade team, and I have a high school team. Uh, the high school team is more tailored towards the kids who aren't playing on those big AAU club teams. So I feel like there's more girls out there who feel like they're not good enough to play there yet, and but they still want to play and still want to be able to grow their confidence. And I want I wanted to create a safe space for them so that they don't feel subpar. <laughs> like, I think that there's just so much expectation of, like, there's so many big club teams in this area. There's only so many spots. Like, there's still a spot for you in basketball. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I wanted the high school team to be. Um, and then my sixth and seventh grade team, I'm, they're the most special team I because I'm getting to grow with them, and hopefully I can get them in through high school, because I really want to just stick with one group and, like, grow with yeah. them a little bit. So I think that I'm excited about that. So. And, and these are all girls' teams? All girls. Yeah. Um, what's one thing that you're, that, you're make, that, you, that you're doing different than other coaches did growing up, um, when you were growing up, coaching women's basketball? One thing that uh, is different. That you're doing different. I think, like, I guess my question is, is, like, impact-wise, yeah. you know? Because I think when you were growing up, around the same time that I was, like, 
I feel like you, like you said, it was, it was such like a, um, uh, double, I guess like a double standard, like, like, oh yeah, girls are like, guys are, guys are hooping. Oh, girl, girls are, you know, they're playing, whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are you, what are you doing different to make, um, girl basketball not feel that way? I think that the game in itself, like just the, as much attention as we're getting, like the, the tournament this year, like all of it, the, the advertisements, everything that we're getting, it's just like we're on an uphill, we're, we're peaking and mm-hmm. it's great. I love it. So just being consistent with that, I was doing this before people wanted to play girls basketball and now people are interested now. So I'm going to continue to do it and kind of uplift it and get as many girls as I can to join it um, and not discourage girls who are, you know, in seventh grade. No, it's not too late. Yeah, you can still play, and um, even in high school, I try to get girls like they've only played once in their entire life. Okay, come, let's play. We'll have fun. You'll learn something new, and I guarantee, like you'll you'll walk away feeling good about yourself. You know, because you tried something new, stepping outside your comfort zone. I think that like that's the number one thing that I try to teach girls is like step outside your comfort zone, push past your comfort zone, um, fall in love with learning something new because we're that's a trait that you're will have for the rest of your life if you fall in love with that process like golf for me like I suck at it completely but it's something that I'm allowing myself to suck at it and still love it oh that that's like your, <laughs> that's like your new passion yeah so it's just like you know anytime girls can definitely just like pick it up and, and let's go but. explain to me why people love golf oh, because I, I I for the life of me I played twice first time it's because you're like so like, oh, I, I, I just you can't, you can't swing. No, you know, it's funny. I was I was talking to uh, I was talking to, to to my wife about it. And I told her I was like, this is the year that I'm gonna actually like, I want to learn um, selfishly because it's just like chess. It is. Somebody once told me a long time ago, like, like learn chess because then that puts you at a, you have a seat at that at that table, and when you're around, whether it's I mean sophisticated or big wigs or whatever the case is people with money chess golf golf chess i don't i kind of know how to play chess i do not know how to play golf Mm -hmm. but that opens up a whole new you know genre of people and it's like i'm gonna that part yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna attempt to just like learn golf or at least know like the 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 language of golf you know like when people say birdie and par and i'm like (laughs) dude i don't what yeah (laughs) yeah i don't get it so still learning it's okay but it's dope. I think that the biggest thing is opening yourself up to new people, new circles. Like, don't put yourself in this box of, like, I am only this. Like, expand, you know? Um, but golf is definitely, it's the technique and the repetition. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's it for me. And it's, like, their mental focus and it's feeling. Everything is about feeling. So it's touch, which you get a basketball player, you know how to do a finger roll. You got touch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, fun, it's funny. Is, um, it's art. Yeah. You know, Alex, Alex, Alex uh, Wade, yeah. yeah, he he said, he's like, he's like, everything is art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, you know, like he said, like, like a finger roll or like a, like, like, a, like, you know, a pump fake or whatever, like everything, you know, uh, what they say, uh, Ray Allen said it best, ba- uh, basketball is poetry, you know, like the way you yes. move to the left, move to the right. And so golf is the same way. Um, it's just so hard to, at least in my opinion, for me being fucking stiff pause is like you know you have to make it art in a way yeah. you know yeah. yeah people also hate being bad at something i people hate are scared to be bad at something that part too yes one yeah i wish i had <laughs> yeah i wish yeah no that that's like that's Dude. yeah that's the ugly truth i i rather like in golf i rather not play because i suck so bad yeah 
I'd rather I mean, stick to what I do. But that's my point. Yeah. Like, that's my thing. Like, I don't want that in my life. I want to be able to try anything. I don't care what I look like. I just want to be able to do it. Just to say it. Yeah. You and your MJ moment. MJ moments. Let's go. There's a reason. Always a reason. There's a reason why Michael Jordan, Kobe, Wilt Chamberlain, all of them, they all went to golf. Why? Man, so this podcast, you know, it's already been an hour, surprisingly, and, you know, I didn't even feel that long, but I feel like we went through memory lane. We went through, you know, growing up in the 805 to, you know, getting the, you know, from being number, was it 87 to being number one to college to the pro-life to, you know, the COVID Egypt situation to now you being a coach at Oaks Christian, you know, for the, for so many people are going to listen to this, especially, you know, young players. Um, if I was a student athlete coming to Oaks Christian playing for your team, I mean, what, what, what should I expect from you as a coach? I think that's a big thing. You know, every, everybody knows X's and O's, right. you know what I'm saying? But like, what do you bring? Uh, my experiences, which is unique in itself, just speaking from I know how to get to that college level because I've done it before. Yeah. Not a lot of coaches can like, and especially in this area, can say that they've done it. Um, and how did they do it? There's no blueprint for them. They're just kind of like, this worked for this kid kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I can say, no, this worked for real. And then I was surrounded. I've been surrounded by the same like-minded people who have had the same success stories as me. So based off of that. But then also... Um, there's a, I just want girls to understand, and girls and boys, there's a 1% chance to get a Division One scholarship. Mm-hmm. And from there, you have a 1% chance to go pro. There's, just because you're not making a Division One team, that's not failure. Mm-hmm. Like, you can still get success and learn so much by just going through the process and committing yourself to my program. Um, on the court and off the court, I really just try to look at the whole person in itself. So... If I was a girl, I'd play for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a pumper upper, so I really like to encourage you, motivate yeah. you. Really, I'll believe in you before you believe in you. Right. Um, That's important. Yeah, especially now in this age, sadly to say, with social media and with, you know, uh, bullies, cyber bullies, like sometimes you need that. Mm-hmm. Huge. And these girls have so much against against them already. Like Oak Christian is a very rigorous um, academic school. Yeah. And so they're preparing you for college. Um, and so I really taught this year, like, yes, you're, you're taking AP classes and honors classes and tests are hard and you're about to take ACTs and SATs. Yes, I understand that. But you can also, there's a way, it's not an excuse to not excel in your activity that you're wanting to do in your yeah. program. So how do we do that? Teaching them time management. There was a time where in practice where I had to just like, everyone just looked very stressed out and sure. looked like zombies. And I looked at them and I was like, girls, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, we just won the game yesterday. Why are we so like, bleh? and I, it just took me by surprise. And I was just like, you know what? But it's taking the time to like read your girls, yeah, yeah, um, and actually care about them as people and noticing that not I'm not just here to coach basketball. Because um, if I was just there to like, hey, X's and O's, I would just say, okay, right, get on the line. Let's run a suicide because your guys' energy isn't right. So, 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 Coach Albanese, if you're not just there to coach basketball, what what exactly are you there to coach? Girls in life really, and helping them really support themselves and be confident in themselves and stand up for themselves. I had a girl um, who is an amazing player, had offers on offers, and she was like, I don't want to play anymore. Like burnt out? Burnt out. She doesn't want to play anymore. And I'm like, I look at her, 
And I'm like, are you sure? These are, these are the things I made sure to tell her, like, these are the things that basketball can give you. I know it's only four years of your life. You can use it as a catapult to whatever you want to do in life. It opens so many doors, making sure that she knows that stuff. Yeah. But then also like, okay, let's, I'm, I'm going to listen to you. This is what you want. This yeah. is your life. You're respecting her decision. Yeah. And if you're, and to listen to that and to be heard by somebody is really important for you to like shut down those doors for you because you're just so certain in yourself. I give you props. Like that's bravery. Like yeah. that's to know what you want as a senior. I didn't know what I wanted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I only knew, okay, let's play ball. That's it. You know? Cause I didn't have any other choice. So it's just like that. Those are the kind of women I want to grow into. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like you really, you really make sure that if you go here for basketball, that's not all you're leaving with. If you don't want to do basketball at the end of the day, you're leaving with so much more that you can apply to the rest of your life. Yes, facts. That's important. Yeah. Put, put the bomb. Put the bomb. There you go. That was it. Um, um, we're, we're down to the fourth quarter, two-minute drill. Um, <laughs> Juan, all you, brother. Three. Oh, yeah, the big three. The big three. We always end this uh, podcast with three big questions. Um, I always forget them, so I like to change them up a little bit. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> Uh, I know the reason I want to change this one up is is I'm kind of mixing two of the questions because I feel like uh, you can it applies to you but I feel like it, it could help a lot of people out there uh, there was a lot of moments in your life from the beginning to now that I feel should have broken you down or would break someone down mm. like um, going from what would you say 89th to first mm-hmm. you took being 89th which would be some something that would break someone down you took it, flipped it. Then you um, you were at, what was, what was the name? G- Gonzaga. 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 Yeah, Gonzaga. Garbanzo. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you can tell he uh, follows sports. Yeah. <laughs> you went there, and there was all these other players that, and some of you were at the bottom. That should break someone down. But, again, you took it and flipped it. What would you tell that younger self, the younger version of yourself, to keep going and what would you tell someone that may be in that position right now oh so deep okay uh to keep going that it gets doesn't get easier that would say that the people always say like push through it gets easier no are you talking to your younger, younger self or you keep talking to, to, to somebody else i think i can go with both okay um it doesn't get easier but you get smarter and you get stronger so it, it seems a little easier. You learn how to roll things off your back a little bit more. Um, and then for the kid that is kind of in my shoes right now, I would say give yourself some love. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, and to surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you. Uh, surround yourself with people who are going to love you. And... I think just, like, make sure that you you take care of yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally. Take care of yourself and lean on God. I like that. Yeah. Um, what's the other one? The grave. Well, this that sounds dark. But the grave. <laughs> the grave. At the end of the day, it's all said and done. You've done everything. It's your time. What Keani Albanese <laughs> was blink, blink, blink. Or you say as a basketball, you say in, in career wise and as just yeah. A so the way that the, the, yeah no, but that just I mean let's just let's take yeah let's let's do both let's yeah. do both. So so, uh, the basketball coach was Keani. What 
Coach Keani was blank, blank, blank. Coach Keani was, as a coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coach Keani was intelligent, mm-hmm. determined, mm-hmm. and a great motivator. Does that work? Yeah. That's pertinent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, hey, it's your, you it's your gravestone. Yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> great motivator, inspirational. There you go. So Keanu is as a person. Yeah. As you yeah. was. Yeah. Blank, blank, blank. Yeah. So the, the, the second. Albanese as me as a person. As, yeah. as, as, as a daughter, as a, as a sister, as a loved one, as just a human, indi- as, as, a, as an individual, Keanu Albanese was blank, blank, blank. Keanu Albanese was a warrior. Alvarez was a stronghold in her community. I love it. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Um, before we end the show, where can everybody find you? What are your handles? Your social media, if if you if you want. Where where, where can everybody everybody find your uh, your KA uh, Academy at? KA Academy.com. Okay. Yep. And then my Instagram handle. I got hacked on my last one. Yeah. Had whoever did that, but my new one is ka dot bball academy. Nice. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we've had a legendary podcast. You know, um, Kiani is is a big influence here in the eight hundred five, not just in basketball, but um, just for young the young generation in itself. Uh, thanks for being on the pod. Thank, thank you. And thanks. thank you to everybody who listened who are watching, uh, be inspired. Go do something incredible. And thank you to our sponsors. You got Big Dogs Only. You got Persistence. You got everybody else. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, the 2023 Marymount League head coach, Keani Albanese. Thank you. Peace.